Hey, Tablet Show fans. Richard and I are going to be at the Dev Intersection Conference at the Marriott Grand Lakes in Orlando, Florida, April 13th through 16th. Come see your favorite speakers, Scott Guthrie, Scott Hanselman, John Papa, Billy Hollis, Brian Noyes, Dan Wallin, Todd Anglin, Tim Huckabee, Michelle Bustamante, Miguel Castro, Duval Lowy, Kathleen Dollard, and many more. Go to devintersection.com to register now. You'll save 200 bucks if you register on or before February 24th, $100 if you register between February 25th and March 31st, and you can save an additional 50 bucks by specifying .NET Rocks is how you heard about the conference. More details at devintersection.com. We'll see you in April. The Tablet Show, Episode 121, with guest Lino Tadros. Recorded live Thursday, January 16th, 2014. From thetabletshow.com, it's The Tablet Show. Conversations about developing software for tablets and other mobile devices with your hosts, Carl Franklin and Richard Campbell. In this episode, Carl and Richard talk to Lino Tadros about building tablet and phone applications across all the platforms. This episode of The Tablet Show is sponsored by Telerik, offering the best in developer tools and support. Online at T-E-L-E-R-I-K.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Hey, Los Angeles! It's the Tablet Show! You uh-huh. never know it, but there's 40,000 people in this little room. It's, uh, it's a cool room, though. Those are some serious chandeliers. Oh, yeah. We are in the Faculty Center building at UCLA, yep. and uh, awesome. never there a more were... disreputable pair of hosts. Uh, I think uh, there might be halls. some f- pictures floating around on Twitter. Uh, if there aren't, there's people are about to take some. Yeah. Right now, so yeah, it's but it's been a great space. I really like it. Lovely patio, you know. We were in Los Angeles, so yeah, we can eat outside, and we're north of really Los Angeles, so we can breathe. It's great. Yeah, it's sort of that break point. Yesterday we were down in, in Orange County, the other side, the other side. So it's good. We had the car uh, on recirc the whole way through the city. You're noticing a theme with me. I don't know. I like to breathe. It's yeah. funny with things. You're with difficult me. that way. Okay, let's start things off with a little bit we call. Better know a framework. Awesome. Roll that music. All right, buddy, what do you got? Well, a bunch of my friends went to CES. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, we were at CodeMash. That's right. We were actually working, and <laughs> and they yeah. were having fun at CES, but they got to see all the new toys. I just love the idea that you said we were actually working. Like, yeah. we work. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's true, yeah. We, we act like goofballs on stage. I know. But it was fun. It was fun. So, speaking of CES. Yeah, so uh, there were some emails going around in our circle of friends about the ThinkPad 8 tablet. So, let me tell you about this. TinyURL.com slash ThinkPad 8. This is a Lenovo tablet that has uh, that people were impressed with. It has an 8.3-inch full HD display, wow. which is 19.2 by 1200 resolution. It's only 0.34 inches thick. And weighs 0.92 pounds. Wow. That yeah. is small and light. So it has a magnetic cover that doubles as a stand for tent mode. Okay. It connects to a PC with a micro USB 3. 
It can push two external displays. Pretty cool. Quad-core Intel Bay Trail Atom processor, and it claims to have up to eight hours of battery life, but there's no price given. So that's leading-edge stuff out of... uh yeah, CES. so these people are saying not only does it have the tabletiest tablet features, but it might have the laptopiest laptop features as well. I, you know, I got to tell you, Lenovo has been doing a lot of things right. Yeah, their X1 Carbon, I think, is one of the most beautiful laptops of traditional laptops, such as it is really thin and light, but yeah. a regular laptop. They've done a great Would job. Would you call on that, that an Ultrabook or is yeah, that it's o- in the Ultrabook class without a doubt. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's good, you know. So this is more like an Ultrabook with a removable with, with a removable keyboard battery thing. Does yeah. it come with a keyboard? Well, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, actually. The magnetic cover slash stand, I'm not sure if it's just a... Co- I think it's just a cover stand. Right, so then you I'm need a sure. separate Bluetooth keyboard Yeah, or you need a separate keyboard in your eye. A little very iPad-y. Well, so it's worth looking at. It's worth looking at tinyurl.com slash ThinkPad8. And as I said, in, in our circle of friends who tend to be the regional directors, the MVPs, yep. the, the people who go for stuff like this, it caught their eye, and it was enough to make them go, hmm. I think I'm going to check that out. Geeky hardware. Geeky hardware. I know it, learn, love it. Richard, who's talking to us today? I grabbed a comment off of show 108, and that is the one we did in Ireland with Mr. Miller. Mark Miller. Mr. Mark Miller, yes. I figured Lena would appreciate this as well, because this is the show where Mark went off on a bit of a rant. He just upgraded his iPhone to iOS 7. Because you pretty much don't have a choice. Yeah, and he had a few choice words for Mr. Apple there. Yeah, he had some issues. And so this comment actually comes from, and Mark replied to it, which I think both are worthy, uh, Alex Blount, who I think we've talked to before. That's right. Said, uh, this was an interesting show. I think Mark's views have been arrived at somewhat hastily in regard to iOS 7. Oh, Alex, are you a believer? Is that what that is? Oh, no. His point on having to execute multiple, quote, clicks... As an aside, I hate the use of click in a touchscreen space. Sure. This harkens back to using the floppy disk as a save icon, which I thought was a good reference, actually. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And jumping back a bit, this idea of having to execute multiple clicks to delete a message is completely incorrect. The message app allows for simply swiping the message to the left and underneath are delete and more. This paradigm is seen all across iOS 7 and apps updated for it where there is more more concerted effort on using gestures other than tapping. Mm. And tapping, I guess, is a more accurate term than clicking. Clicking, right. Also, the point about discoverability and not having tooltips available when using touch, I don't think the use of tooltips makes an app more discoverable. A discoverable app is one that needs no signposting for it to be useful. A user should just be able to easily find their way through the app without the need for signposting. Like the tooltip should be written clearly on the button or the thing that you or have Or something to like touch. that. You shouldn't need a hint. Right. It should be obvious that that's what obvious. it does. Sorry for the ramp, and I do love Mark's point of view mostly, but I think on this occasion the information was a little half-baked and keep up the awesome work okay and mr miller did respond to him with some good clarifications i think we should have included in this okay sure mark says uh, hi alex on the messages app for sending receiving texts you can delete an entire conversation by left swiping however you are unable to delete an individual message by left swiping the conversation with carl and richard was about deleting a single text message and how hard that is to discover when you try to left swipe a text message in ios 7.03 the messages all move to the left a little bit to reveal the time that the message was sent. This is completely inconsistent with the other areas of iOS 7. To delete an individual message, you must tap and hold the message until a menu appears and then click the somewhat cryptic more right, and then click the trash icon at the bottom. With yeah. regard to discoverability, I totally agree with the first part of your definition. A user should be able to easily find their own way through the app. 
However, I disagree with the second part, without the need for signposting. A text label of any kind, even on a button, is essentially signposting. Just to your point. Yeah, Should sure. be right on the button. And to arbitrarily limit my tool set by removing signposting doesn't make sense. The iOS 7 apps improve task efficiency in many places, but also introduce discoverability problems in many places as well. Mm -hmm. The example above of trying to delete an individual text message in the previous version of iOS that was easy to discover. In iOS 7, the functionality is somewhat hidden. And finally, my apologies for the confusion induced by my use of the word click when I meant tap. I sometimes use these words interchangeably because it's useful to think of them as similar actions from the standpoint of a measuring effort. As a click and a tap both require similar efforts and similar physical motions, but I'll try and be a better person in the future. Good, good, good. Yeah. <laughs> I Sorry, love Mark Miller. I couldn't help this. Yeah, he's great. That's good stuff. So, yeah. I mean, lots of thinking around iOS and really trying to get into the nitty-gritty of that. And I hope we get a conversation about that today I as well so. as we yeah. dig into various tablets. So, Alex, thanks so much for your comment. And uh, Mark, thanks for your reply to that as well. Alex, a tablet show mug is on its way to you. And if you'd like a tablet show mug, just write a comment on the website at thetabletshow.com or on any of our mobile apps. We've got them for iOS, Android, Windows Phone 7 and 8, and Windows 8. And those apps were built by Diatom Enterprises. Who'd love to build you an app? Just go to diatomenterprises.com. And that brings us to our very special guest, Mr. Alain Lino Tadros, is chairman and CEO of Falafel Software, a Silicon Valley-based company with presence in Colorado and Texas, dedicated to providing world-class consulting, training, and software development for small, medium, and enterprise-level businesses. Prior to founding Falafel, Lino was a member of the development team at Borland for Delphi and C++ Builder. Mr. Tadros has been awarded Microsoft MVP status six years in a row, 2005 through 2010. This bio is a little old, isn't it? <laughs> You're still an MVP, aren't you? So I guess that would be eight years in a row. Eleven. Eleven oh years goodness. in a row. <laughs> We're all getting old. For his numerous contributions to the C-sharp community and is an expert in .NET, Link, ASP.NET, COM, and web services. And now we can add uh, mobile devices as well. We really do need to update this bio, Lino. Mr. Tadros is an industry-renowned speaker and has given numerous presentations on five different continents since 1994. Has the number of continents changed, Leo? Uh, maybe six. Probably no, six. Maybe, no, well, we're down a planet. Maybe nine. <laughs> maybe nine <laughs> continents, Leo. He, is also, he also currently sits on the board of directors of four Silicon Valley corporations. Welcome to Leno Tadros. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Lino, you were on the, one of the very first tablet shows we did, mm -hmm. and we always like checking back with you because you are a guy who started out as a .NET developer in this space and quickly embraced Objective-C and Java and went to mobile development and then sort of came back and embraced all sorts of things, including the Xamarin tools. And, uh, and I don't know, did you do PhoneGap as well? We did. Yeah. So we, you, can, we still do. You're still doing PhoneGap? So, yeah. But you went native. You were like, all right. This is where our, what our customers want. They want the native stuff, and ne then you came back to C Sharp. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it, so, uh, so you, you've got a lot of experience there in, in terms of mobile devices, especially from a .NET perspective. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. The last three and a half years, we've been dabbling with all the mobile stuff. We're starting a mobile de uh, department, actually, in the company. If you remember, folks, a few years ago, uh, maybe over three now, when Apple woke up one morning and said, like, uh, nobody can actually put something in the store unless it was written in Objective-C. Right. right. Remember yeah. these days? So that scares a lot of our customers at the time. So yeah. 
even though we could write it in PhoneGap or do it in any other way. And Mono was available at that time. We can actually dabble with that kind of stuff before Xamarin even started. Sure. Everybody got scared. So I uh, said, okay, let's stick with Objective-C. I don't want to spend all that time and money and end up not being accepted in the store. So right. uh, we started that with Objective-C and Java for Eclipse. And then with, with Windows 8 and Windows Phone 7 and then Windows Phone 8. Yeah. And now with, um, with things being relaxed a little bit and Apple uh, coming back to Jesus. Did they ever uh, actually pull any apps because they, quote, weren't built in Objective-C? Well, my opinion, okay, uh, because it's going to be live. So my opinion, and the reason why Apple did that mm -hmm. is because they didn't want to get taken hostage. And mainly by one company, which is Adobe. Right. Uh, think about it this way. If, uh, if Adobe with PhoneGap, for instance, makes it extremely easy to build apps for iOS, and everybody says, like, oh, forget that Objective-C stuff. I want to do it with PhoneGap in, in a quarter of the time. And then they love it. All of a sudden, Apple wants to move the iOS further, like version 4 and 5 and 6, and nobody moves to it. Why? Because Adobe didn't move their tools and their stuff to the new version. Sure, so now they're right. being taken hostage by a different company to move the iOS forward. Right. So they didn't like that idea. So, they so what changed to for them? I mean, did it change because a whole bunch of different options got in the in there, you know, with Xamarin and with PhoneGap, and people were doing a lot of native stuff anyway. Yeah, and, and they got a lot of pushback also from the community. People yeah. did not like that idea, so they, they started looking like the bad guy. So they, uh, uh, decided, and especially people like Xamarin got actually in the middle. This was nothing about Xamarin or anything like that. Sure. It's just really, they want after Adobe, but after yeah, that, yeah. they relaxed this, and they wrote the letter, and, and everybody uh, can live happily ever after. Now, the things I remember from our discussions before, and we've talked three or four times since that, the early days, was that um, iOS apps were selling like crazy back in the early days. I don't know what they are now. And nobody paid for Android apps. That's true. And, and, and honestly, did that change? I mean, for the Android apps? I mean, there is like a million apps, two of them, uh, not garbage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. really, I mean, I can write an app and put it on Google Play in the next 15 minutes and nobody will actually ask me to, uh, to do anything about it. It could be a complete mess. So definitely the policeman of uh, There's, of, there's of just the no store. curation on yeah. the Google App Store. There's, you have to go through so much noise and so much garbage to but find we, something good. We know Google. that there's a lot of, you know, uncurated apps on Google Play, but, but do people actually buy apps? I mean, this was one of the things that points that you made early on was that it's hard to sell apps in the Android market. I mean, we're coming from a completely different world. <laughs> I mean, um, the selling stuff for 99 cents and $1.99 is a completely yeah. different world than what we're used to from coming from enterprise and all that. But sure. obviously, if you write a nice app and somebody likes it and the word comes out, you're going to make a lot of money on the mobile, like yeah. the Angry Birds. And yeah, the, yeah. But how many Angry Birds can you write? You well, know, and, you know, so. and, and it also <laughs> brings up the other issue, which is if you're a, a company and you want to develop an app for your customers or for your, or even for your employees, or for other divisions in your company, you know, you're obviously going to choose Android because most of your employees and customers have that. Well, it, we find it to be a little bit different, honestly. Really? Our enterprise always wants to go iOS first. Really? And then they go to Android. Huh. And, when, and when they say iOS, are they saying iPhone or iPad? Actually, they start with iPhone, believe it or not. It okay. depends on the app. But we have a customer in the Wall Street, actually in New York, that wanted to start with iPad. But the majority want to start with iOS first, for, uh, sorry, iPhone mm -hmm. first. And then they want to go to iPad, which is a universal app. You tweak the layouts and you got yourself going. And mm -hmm. then when this succeeds, they always come back, hey, how long will it take us to, to do this for Android? Because some of their customers say, this is great and all, but I don't have an iPhone. Right, yeah, okay. but they go to Android after that. Right. And in the old days, we used to write the iOS stuff in Objective C. Right. 
And then when they come back and say, now we want you to write it in Android, like, well, at least we know the architecture, but it's a complete different rewrite in Java. Sure, you know? sure. But nowadays, um, now that we're using, whether it's PhoneGap, like Icinium from Telerik, for instance, we use it yeah. heavily yeah. to use hybrid apps with HTML5 and JavaScript, or we use Xamarin, um, we can actually create, like James sh showed, a lot of different uh, middle tier and MVVM code that can be reused between the iOS and Android and also Windows 8 and Windows Phone 8. So you're mm -hmm. building them all at once, is what you're yeah, saying? Not all of them. The user interface, with all due respect, I still believe the user interface have to be written in specifically that platform. Sure. Mm -hmm. uh, so we end up using Xcode, for instance, just to do the, I, the, the UI for the iOS. Yep. And then we use... We can use Visual Studio for XAML. We can use Eclipse to just do the layout management in the XML to make it perfect. Because there is no such thing. And, and we are old enough to remember sure. this thing about write once, run everywhere. Yeah. Never yeah. works. It's a big, <laughs> myth. big lie. <laughs> yeah, this is it's not going to work. And actually, yeah. I don't think you want to. You don't want to write an application that looks exactly the same way under all platforms. That being said, that with the portable class libraries and Xamarin's tools, you have a lot of That is awesome. Code. That's one of the best things. Yeah. One of the things that we hated, if you remember last year when we, we met in Europe, several times mm -hmm. is yeah. that the portable libraries had something really nasty in the license which is you cannot use it outside of windows right and that actually really threw it away for everybody and sure. a few months ago we were in bulgaria if you remember and yeah. actually microsoft announced that they were open it up so you can use the portable libraries on any platform and that was uh, christmus for a lot of us i believe we had to many uh rakias over there yeah. yes. i don't remember <laughs> anything <laughs> but now you guys, you've got skilled folks know how to work uh, with C Sharp and Xamarin, and know how to work with PhoneGap. How do you choose one or the other? That's excellent. Well, actually, we don't choose. We let the customer choose. Oh, okay. okay. As a matter of fact, a lot. For instance, I give you an example. If a customer comes to you and says, "Like, hey, I have seventeen developers. Mm -hmm. They are all HTML and JavaScript galore people. They don't Very know easy. anything about C Sharp or VB or anything like that. Very easy. And I'd like to create a mobile app." And we would like you to help us. Mm -hmm. What am I going to tell them? Go fire your 17 employees and go get somebody else that knows how to write C Sharp or Objective C. That would be ridiculous. Yep. So, and also you'll have to ask the C level people, what exactly is the app that you're trying to build? Mm -hmm. What's the speed that is needed for the app? Right. Are you going to be curing cancer? Right. Do you need a split second, multi millisecond stuff to make it work? Right, right. Is there a difference between something that will take a quarter of a second and something that will take 0.1 second to actually refresh on the screen? Mm. Right. So if you're doing an MRI stuff and you're in the middle of a, of a hospital. So you're doing brain surgery. Yes. You need to look at your iPhone. No problem. Probably yes. native. You're going to write it in native. Okay. Yes. But if you're actually showing your blogs from last week in an app <laughs> or you're yeah. making a REST API call to do, show something to, to update a, a chart or something like that, you can wait an extra couple of seconds and you can save probably a lot of money. So it all depends on what you, what you're doing. And now really with Xamarin and the things that they're bringing in from Visual Studio and their own Xamarin Studio, it's making even this, the amount of time you have to spend to create Mm -hmm. An application in native doesn't take that much time at all. Now, what about even with the Xamarin tools versus Icinium? Do you still find that it's faster using uh, Icinium? Or are they about the same? Um, actually, each one has something really cool. I mean, in the Icinium, for instance, I can write the user interface, and it will automatically change the user interface by itself using the Kendo UI right. underneath it. So for uh, for iOS, it will put the button in a different place, and Android will put it at the top, for instance, the other one at the bottom. So it's already built in to know how to make it look like a native app. Yeah. Uh, the speed, a lot of people ask this question. Can you have two applications for exactly doing the same thing? Yeah. One written in, in native and one written in hybrid. Can it possibly ever be that the uh, hybrid one will be faster? Yes. 
you can make it faster. How? By actually getting somebody who really doesn't know what he's doing writing the app for native. Right? <laughs> it has to be really badly written. Any application can be Which is totally right. doable. Yeah, so absolutely. My, my question was speed of development. I mean, how fast would it take to uh, write a to develop in Icinium versus develop the same app in So, in so this is going to be funny. All because things being equal. All yeah. things being equal. So there's a myth out there. A lot of people feel like from HTML5 and JavaScript, it is a lot faster. But the problem is you're going to finish the first 80% of the app faster. And the last 20%, you're going to be pulling your hair by clicking on the CSS correct class name and whatever. Oh, that damn so the last CSS. 20% will take as much as the first 80%. <laughs> so it's really a myth. Yeah. Once you actually get, whether in Xamarin or Objective-C or yeah. in Java or doing it in Icinium for PhoneGap, for instance, it probably will be pretty much the same thing. Same time. As long as you have somebody who definitely knows what they're doing. Right. Yeah, and, and I would say maybe CSS probably the big linchpin there, wouldn't you say? Like if you have one really good CSS guy, that can make all the difference. Not only that, having a good designer in the company. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are all geeks and we write code all day and all that. But really having, I have people in my company that are designers that don't know much about what we do as far as back end and all that stuff. But without them, our application will look like a second graders. Mm. You know? <laughs> so having a good designer in the company, somebody who understands CSS, CSS3, less and all these kind of things definitely worth their uh, weight in gold and at least from the phone gap or Rycinium perspective that's going to make a huge difference absolutely when it comes to ui design working in xamarin what are you doing how do you how do you give that that native look to it well in our case we have matt in our company was the chief designer he ended up he doesn't write code so what he does he actually create the the the, uh, the entire screen layouts mm -hmm. in photoshop Wow. And he does it for iOS and for Android, and he knows both platforms very well as a user. And then when he ends up with that, he actually takes these images and gives it to the developers. And now it's the developer's role to make their UI look exactly with the numbers of the right. colors on everything, exactly like what he created. Hmm. That's cool. But he doesn't actually... and. Also, in the last couple of years, he has been doing a great job because he learned XAML. So for WPF and Silverlight and now for Windows Store, mm. now he doesn't have to actually give you a Photoshop stuff. He goes and does everything in XAML. So really? we just take the XAML and run with it. Does he write in XAML in text or does he actually use a blend or something He like uses a blend, but just to start. But after that, he actually learned. We sent him to training to actually learn no exactly kidding. how to. And he chose to use XAML, learn XAML over, say, CSS3. Well, he, he knows CSS3 oh, okay. already. He's yeah. just adding more. Because with CSS3, if we decide to do something in native, for instance, it mm -hmm. will be much easier, instead of giving somebody a picture in Photoshop, is to give them the code, actually, that we redo all the stuff for Windows 8 and yeah. Windows Phone 8 as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, it's great to see that the design has a role, and it's still a technical role. It is a very They are writing code. It's just a different kind of code. Different. I mean, we're not talking about the back-end code or the middle no. MVVM code, but they're writing code for the UI, for, for the that tier. And they definitely, a good designer need to understand that piece as well. Do, do you end up finding, do you do web pages with them as well? Is it, can you take that CSS template that's working inside of Icinium and take it up to a regular web page? Uh, yeah, we, we, he does that all the time, actually. And some of the stuff that we did in our Xamarin, we used uh, CSS3 and all that. Mm -hmm. We ended up actually using it for the new websites we created. We just opened the office in Dubai about last month, and the new website for for uh, for the uh, United Arab Emirates is completely different on using all the CSS that he used to build for the application before. So wow. there's a lot of reuse. This episode of The Tablet Show is brought to you by Telerik Icinium, which enables you to develop, test, and publish iOS and Android apps from a single code base using only HTML5 and JavaScript. 
And the best part is Icenium lets you do all of this from within Visual Studio, including comprehensive backend as a service in the cloud, integrated support for Kendo UI as well as jQuery mobile, and integrated testing and deployment capabilities. That makes Icenium a robust end-to-end mobile app development platform for .NET developers. Telerik Icenium with its Visual Studio extension is available on a subscription basis and part of the Telerik DevCraft Ultimate Collection. Start a free 30-day trial of Icenium with support at icenium.com slash DNR. That's I-C-E-N-I-U-M dot com slash DNR. And don't forget to thank Telerik for supporting .NET Rocks and the Tablet Show. Lino, tell us a story of pain. A pain? Tell us the story of pain from the development world. Coming this morning on Southwest, sitting next to two big people, it was... <laughs> Southwest is a very li- religious uh, airline. When they see me coming, everybody like, oh God, please don't let them see me. <laughs> I thought it was free-for-all seating there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, can't you just... I t- came late, <laughs> so everybody already <laughs> sat down. I was like... <laughs> Who's going to win the lottery today? <laughs> yeah, it's much better than the uh, flights to Sydney for right. 17 hours. Yeah, man, it's a long way. Uh, especially if you're sitting on top of somebody with bonies, it really hurts. <laughs> so it's been a, you know, it's my idea that technology exists to alleviate pain, and in doing so, we inadvertently create more pain. And, uh, you know, so pain is a natural part of any project. I just wanted to know if you had any, uh, you know, things that you could share with things that were particularly difficult in in uh, in overcoming. Um, one of the that pain- you can well, share. now that we're talking about mobile, something has been painful lately for Android development. Two things. <laughs> I'm going to pick on Android for a second. Okay. Mm-hmm. First of all, creating the user interface in XML. Uh, with the layout, uh, having uh, it's not true that you can actually drag and drop. You always have to open XML to make tweaks, and that is so 1980s to go back to XML code just to make sure that your layout is exactly the but same. But isn't that well, essentially the yeah, same with XAML? XAML, that's what XAML does, yeah. right, right? No, XAML works. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing about Android that There's drives everybody... There's an extra everybody. vowel in XAML. <laughs> yeah. The A makes all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but in reality, is that the thing that drove everybody crazy in the team that actually do Android development is the fact that the so many different uh, screen sizes for right. Android, okay. and I can't possibly test under all of these. I mean, what happens, for instance, in Japan and China and the United States or wherever, there's so many. In iOS, you get this guy or the five, and yeah. that's it. And for the iPad, that's it. For yeah. Windows 8, it's not that big of a deal. You can actually do with the XAML much easier. But mm-hmm. for Android, having a user interface that looks good under all the hundreds of different things that you can actually be... Hundreds? Maybe 70. How about that? Wow, 70 different form Actually, we counted last time it was 72. 72 different uh, screen possibility uh, for for Android. And that's... That's not size, that's resolutions. Yeah, absolutely. And remember now with Xamarin, we're starting to actually write code for the uh, Google Glass, which is a a completely different paradigm. And we're writing code for leap motion so that we can actually do things with our hand to move Mm -hmm. things faster and so on. So the future of the user interface might actually not be just mobile. might be a lot more than just tapping or clicking like you just said about right. Mark. It might be something that has nothing to do with touching anything at all. So it would be, well, it'd be a interesting. Of, a couple of the phones and devices, like the S4, has a gesture. You don't actually have to touch it. Yeah. But they're basically just mapping it to touch metaphors. Yeah. Like we've yet to really see a, a, t- a gesture UI 
We've had a few gesture devices. I mean, we have the leap and we have the connect. But to have someone actually show me a unique UI behavior for gesture. So, and my example is, it's so profound now we don't even think about it. The, 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 The squeeze and the expand is the defining gesture, the defining behavior of touch. Like until touch came along, that allowed us to put two fingertips down and pull them apart and the picture gets bigger, push them together, the picture gets smaller. Touch was cute. That was profound. It was a better way to manipulate a picture than anything else. By the way, have you accidentally pinched in Visual Studio on a touch screen and changed the font? Oh, I hate that. <laughs> so I was like, whoa, how yeah. did I do that? Suddenly, I didn't uh, realize. Suddenly your code's in two points. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, how did I do that? I just touched the screen by accident, and all of a sudden I can't see anything. Um, but but I'm doesn't, wondering doesn't what... Xamarin and uh, Icinium Telerik also have test uh, things in the cloud where they have all the different devices that they can test your Yeah, actually, Xamarin, I believe, just bought a company last year, I believe, or something like that, that you right. can actually allow you to, uh, to like, almost like rent in the, in the cloud to be able to test with all these but things. But that really doesn't help you when you're developing, does it? I mean, or does it? You have to know what those different yeah, resolutions are. You do. I mean, you can run them, them, and you're going to get errors, and now you're going to have to fix these problems yeah. under, like, that one phone in Japan sure. that I'll have to fix for that uh, kind of stuff. So, yeah. Well, and I mean, the other thing I've heard with the Android development is once you make it work for the Samsung device, you've gotten like 80% of the Android market, so you're okay. That's true. You ignore the rest. That's true, but a company like ours that have a product like Eventboard, right. and we have like 400 different conferences going all over the world, yeah. you're always going to get a tweet from somebody like, hey, uh, your application doesn't look good under my Mushusukutuku machine that I bought. <laughs> and Me and the five other guys that bought this phone are really mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Man. Yeah, that's pain, man. Yeah. So is it, do you, what do you think that could help that? Do you think that there could be a client-side developer tool that would emulate all those different modes and just run through them so that you could see? It's difficult. View? It's mean, difficult, Carl. How, I mean, the, the, the specs are very open. You can go do whatever you want. So sure. there are some phones that will be coming out in Android that we don't know about. There will be different sizes. So It's still yeah. your fault that it doesn't work. Yeah, always. It's always our fault. Yeah. Always our fault that something doesn't work in a phone we've never heard about. Yeah. And all the 11 people that actually use BlackBerry still are really complaining that we don't have... There's no event board for BlackBerry? No. Actually, the 11 people will just send them new phones in the mail. Yeah, That's like, about it. If I send you an iPhone, will you stop complaining? <laughs> <laughs> It's dark, man. It's very dark. And I got to tell you, the, the Z10, that, the last sort of black, is a pretty good phone. Yeah. It's too little too late. Yeah, I agree. It's a nice phone. I've it's seen it. It's a nice it. phone. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we're in the fifth quarter at this point. Yeah. It's, I don't envy those guys, man. It's hard times. And uh, have you had any demand from your customers for Windows phone apps? So this is a very good point. And I know we're in a Microsoft event. <laughs> but Talk about the truth. Right? No, yeah, speak the actually, truth. never a customer comes to me and says, like, you know what? I want you to write this mobile app phone, but first in Windows Phone. Yeah. Well, not Only first, in La La Land. I wouldn't even hope for first. That's just crazy talk, Mr. Tadros. <laughs> I'm talking about ever. <laughs> I'll get there, but I'll tell you what happens. <laughs> Usually, now with Xamarin, they... Let's say they spend X amount of money to, for me to create the application for right. iOS. And I ship it, and they are happy. And then they said, like, what would it take for me to do it for Android, knowing that I started with Xamarin? Say X plus 20%. Okay. So we'll, we'll, we'll charge you 20%. It's like, you know what? That's not a big deal. Excellent. I'll pay an extra 20%, and I'll get it on both major platforms. Right. And then they stop there. And then I have to go nudge a little bit. It's like, you, you know, know what? For an extra 7%, <laughs> we can get you on also the Windows phone. And they look at me and they say like, okay. 
<laughs> but a lot of them say like, who cares? Yeah. I don't want it. <laughs> what phone? <laughs> True. Yeah. Actually, I personally love but, the phone. We, then, actually, yeah. we have all the phones, so we have to test with iOS. But then you sh the thing is, you show them the app on the Windows phone, and they say, well, this is really awesome. Yeah, right? I, I agree. That's Once we thing. finish the job, most of the code is written already yeah. The, yeah. in the MVVM and all that stuff. So the user interface doesn't take that much time to make yeah. it look great. Do you rethink the UI much for a Windows phone app? Like It's a different paradigm. It's a, it's a very different paradigm. But, with the panorama and yeah. all that stuff, yes. You can but make but every time easy. I've seen a Windows phone, app that really popped and i'm thinking like you know fourth and mayor but just sure. a few of them even the even the united app on the yeah, windows yeah. phone is a, it's a nicer app like i think actually i it, agree it tends to be a feature <laughs> rev or two behind the iphone and the android phone but the actual rendering of the ui and the way it looks and the way it feels i think it's a beautiful app but i'm, I'm wondering because you actually do this work how much harder is it i know you said seven percent more but at least that's what the willing that's low enough number to just go okay but how much work this goes into really making that metro style ui to make it a good windows app if you are new to it it's not worth it to do with 10 percent. yeah but because we've done it so many times yeah and we didn't charge 10 percent then because we didn't know what we were doing it was brand new <laughs> but once you you know how to do it and we're not re-engineering like the, the, the atomic sure. uh, you know yeah there are some things that we'll do that we will have lists, you will have detailed pages, you have navigation, you have, that is maybe like five or six different templates that will fit 80% of different apps. If your application is completely different than anything available in the world, yes, it will not be 10% excellent. Right. But you will understand that because you know your application is very different. Maybe it's pretty close to like writing a game. It's a completely different UI that is, I mean, it's all yours. Then sure. you understand it's a completely different implementation. Now, how many of those same customers say, okay, now we need a, that in a web browser that also works on a mobile device? Responsive design. Right. Yes, a lot of them come after that. They even come after the Android before they go to the Windows uh, story. They want to actually get a desktop that works exactly the same way with a responsive design based on the size of the screen, not based on the... the when you say desktop, you mean in a desktop browser? In a browser, yeah, right, yeah. yes. In, on the desktop for a browser in Chrome or Firefox or IE or whatever, they want to make sure that on uh, any look and feel, if it's a small tablet or a regular one, it will look just fine with the responsive design. Mm. That happens a lot. That even happens for us before we get to the Windows Phone 8 ah. discussion. But after the Android discussion. After the, iOS first, Android, Android second, yeah. and then responsive everybody web. else. Responsive web. A lot of time people go straight to the Windows Phone. But yeah. it all depends on the company. It, we're talking about line of business application. Yeah, right, sure. right. This is an enterprise that have a major backend with SQL Server or Oracle, and they have a major application, and they never come and tell you, hey, I want you for iOS, I want you to take every single feature I have in my app, and I want you to put it on iOS. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. What they usually say, like, you know what, I want to take some feature that makes sense so that I can look at the app for a mile high. So when my boss, my manager, or my CEO goes yeah. to dinner and he wants to get information, brings up his iOS phone and dashboard. push a couple of buttons, get a dashboard, get a chart, get something, and show off in front of his buddies at dinner. All the arrows point up. Exactly. There you <laughs> go. But they never ask you like, oh, I want you to create a grid on my phone. Yeah. Yeah, Can yeah. I do my accounts receivable on my phone, please? <laughs> yeah. 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 This is not a grid thing. And I've seen app, unfortunately, that do have uh, a grid, for the love of God. Grid. <laughs> I mean, you have to, if you have my fingers, you're going to click on like five cells at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lena, what about iOS 7? Has yeah. there been any folks, I, mean, I mentioned Mark's uh, show, have you had folks specifically want their iPhone apps re-engineered for iOS 7? You know what iOS 7 reminds me of, and you will remember this, SQL Server after the redesign. Right. When people come back, it's very slow. 
Yeah. It's very slow. And then the SQL Server by cell phone, you see it, leave it running for a while. It actually gets faster because it learns from its SQL profiles. What, what you're actually using, yeah. So like Bank of America used to a company like, oh, it's not going to work for us. And the next day they call Microsoft like, hey, it's getting better. What did you do? Didn't do anything. You yeah. know, and after a week, it's like, oh, this is awesome. What's happening? You know? <laughs> so <laughs> iOS 7 started with us like this. A lot of people like, says like, oh, this flat thing is never going to work for yeah. us. This is a big mistake. A week later, it's like, it's growing on me. And now everybody's like, oh, I love it. I got used to it. Mm. It's great. So that's what would end up being <laughs> what's going on with iOS do, But 7. do you actually have to redo people's apps to make them iOS 7-ish? Matt has to do a lot of work. We have okay, to create Matt flat. Does. Yeah, the designer has to create flat images, not like before. So right. there is a design work, but not code work. But yeah. design work has take to take that take leather it. stitching out of all the graphics. <laughs> yes. that's and do you thing. find people are okay with the sort of inconsistencies, the things like Mark is talking about that that creep up in the OS? I find it to be more difficult now to figure out what can I do to to get what I used to do happen, like to right. swipe to delete yeah. and all that stuff. Yes, that causes problems. But again, tech support issues. Tech support issue, but yeah. again, because it's it's massive, and people yeah. can go to Google and 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 uh, Bing. Sure. I mean, um, and uh, <laughs> and search that stuff. Sorry, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and search that stuff. Like I said, with SQL Server, just give it time. People will learn from others. Yeah, and it will be means three. It'll again. be fine. Do you, you said you have customers all over the world, Europe, Europe heavily, Germany, uh, Japan. Uh, we have Middle East. We have Far East. We have Australia. Uh, we just opened the office, like I told you, in Dubai about a month ago. Wow. That was a lot of fun. Wow. We got a lot of work from banks, from uh, um, companies in like Qatar and um, uh, Saudi Arabia. Wow. So because of the difference in hours, because we have our offices in, in the United States, we have six offices in, in California as our yeah. quarters, Colorado, Texas, Michigan, North Carolina. Yeah. So there is like a 10-hour difference. So people sometimes are like, I wanna, when I have a problem, I want to pick up the phone and talk to one of you guys, but we're asleep. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Uh, so when now we open the office in Dubai, it's, it's a lot better because people feel like, you know, it's only two hour difference. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it actually, we actually holding it now from both sides of the world. Uh -huh. so but you started to build multilingual apps too? Do you actually build your app in yeah. Arabic? Or, or We actually uh, started actually writing uh, an app. We just released it on the iOS store in Arabic. And whenever I bring it up at uh, the office, because I speak Arabic, I was born in Egypt. Uh, sometimes people I think that I just have a bad video driver. <laughs> 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 then you start talking and we really wonder about you. Do you do and I type when it's going from right to left, it's like, and they leave. <laughs> do you do a lot of travel to a lot of these places too? Are you trying to do? I just came back from Dubai to open the office there. That was a yeah. lot of fun. Yeah. Um, it's like Las Vegas of the Middle East. It's a yeah, lot yeah. Of, it's a kind of a fun being over there. You get there, the sweats so. a lot over there. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, <laughs> the, in the winter, it's perfect. When you go in summer, it's like 250 degrees or yeah, something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it's like I'm, not, I'm not going to go in the summer, I promise. <laughs> Japan? You sell a lot in Japan, too? Yes, been there? But, yeah, I've been there, but uh, didn't go well when I went to Japan. What so. happened? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. When I went to Japan, I was supposed to speak on, uh, on behalf of uh, my previous company. Uh -huh. And before I went on the stage... Uh, the Japanese uh, representative told me, Mr. Tados, there is two things you have to be very careful about. First of all, you cannot speak in English. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to need a lot more time to learn Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> and the second one is that no joking, because Japanese people take it very seriously. And I'm like, what am I going to do with the other 55 minutes of my life? <laughs> it didn't go well. So I went with a translator on the, on, and my style usually in speaking in 46 countries so far is yeah. like I like to make it fun and soft. So I talk and then I wait and it gets translated and and it was very, very cold, really. Yeah, sure. And after 10 minutes, I said, forget it. And I threw in my first joke. 
And he translated the joke and everybody laughed. So I felt so good. I felt oh, like awesome. I changed the culture. Lila <laughs> <laughs> just did the happy dance there. Right there. <laughs> but unfortunately, after that, I found out that when I said the joke, the translator said, Mr. Tadros said a joke, please laugh. <laughs> <laughs> And that was my last time in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Did you get to see Japan at all, though? You take uh, part in the culture and just, the food? Just or a couple of days. It took me at a sushi place, which was awesome. Uh, I had to sit on the floor on a pillow. <coughs> that was not easy to do. Um, it was, uh, it was uh, I mean, we, was we the had sushi any better there than it is here? It's alive. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm serious. It's alive. You see, when I say I'm eating sushi, I'm already going beyond my. my I'm eating raw stuff. But when they came and put actually a, a live fish in a glass with, filled with water and people starting netting it and putting it in their mouth, this is when I found out, like, I need to get a flight back home. Fish. Oh. I thought this was about mobile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something, something about mobile. Not sure what exactly. But I took a picture with my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I need to go home. I need to go home. <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So, uh, I mean, I think we've mostly focused on phones through this conversation rather than tablets. Are you, are you starting to see real tablet utilization inside of bigger organizations? Like they're starting to build apps what sort of apps is it just straight line of business do we are they entering forms on these little machines rather than on big machines yeah some some actually companies in the bay area and also in new york are deciding that with tablets uh they can actually cut the the the, the cost pretty much less than half right uh they look at the machine that costs maybe like twelve hundred dollars fourteen hundred dollars that you used to pay for a laptop and they looked at their employee in a hospital or in a a bank or whatever, what are you doing on it? They're actually opening up Excel spreadsheet, taking notes, maybe we're, like us, we're doing PowerPoint. Mm -hmm. And they look at a, a device at like three, $400 that can do the same job, uh, easy to take with you wherever you go instead of having to plug everywhere. And line of business application for major enterprises decided, you probably already read about it uh, about maybe nine months ago in, uh, on the CNN, they put something that by the year 2000 and something in a couple yeah. of years, 50% um, of all laptops will be automatically tablets yeah. for line of business application and for enterprises. That is scary. That is scary also for Microsoft because if iPads are really... Uh, getting into that yeah. uh, heavily. So the, the, the lock on PCs in major corporations all over the world, all right, yeah. the, the one billion PC sure. that we talk about, they, they are definitely uh, in, in jeopardy at this point mm -hmm. if people are going to say, hey, I can save money, I can do the same job on an iPad and it looks great and it works great and all that. That's why the Surface and all the different tablets from PCs with the free office and things yeah. that iPad doesn't have, this is the battle now between these two to win. Well, it's not that, I, I think that What's going on here is that people are, are sort of rejecting the Windows 8 Metro app, not necessarily the, the devices. You know, I think that people are buying the, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but people are buying the Windows tablets, just using them as Windows machines. You know, so it's the pro versions that are, that run regular Windows software with the browser so they can run, you know, the same stuff they would run on the iPad in the browser. Right. I bought a, a Surface to, for my wife. She had an iPad, and for Christmas, I got her a, a Surface. Mm -hmm. but, but in reality, when I gave it to her, I didn't tell her how to use it. I was interested in sitting back and looking and finding out like if this thing is going to be thrown out of the window yeah. or breaking in half or <laughs> yeah, what's yeah. going on. And 
for instance, because we are geeks, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get a Surface? I click on the word desktop and yep. we go do our thing. Desktop. Right. Yeah. She never went there. Yeah. She actually liked the mail um, application than Outlook, for instance. I'm sorry. Did you say she liked the mail application? Yeah. yeah. Is this 8.1 or 8? No, the, the new one with the 8.1. 8.1 is actually pretty good. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the new one works. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Let's just yeah. put it that way. But it's yeah. also simpler than Outlook. I mean, Outlook's yeah. got a lot of stuff in it. The fact that you're going to think people are going to use their finger to use the old-style application on a yeah, service yeah. is going to be painful. Yeah. yeah. So you'll have to actually give some space between your th everything you're going to do in your UI yeah. and not let people like, sure. that stuff is not going to work. fingers aren't mice. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So um, once they have the full-blown application for Office and all that stuff written really for a, for a, for a tablet, for mm -hmm. Windows Phone, for Windows 8.1 and, and beyond, I think we'll be very successful. Are they going there? I think there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot more push for Office, you know, 365 or 360 or whatever it is that the, the, win the web version of Office. Uh, I don't know if they're even going to uh, do a Windows. I, I honestly don't know, but I, I think either. if they're going that route... It needs to be there. So, yeah. Well, there is the Metro version, and we get to say Metro because we don't work for Microsoft. Right. The Metro version of OneNote, yeah. which I think is really good. It's very good. And they re-engineered the ribbon, that, that sort of round controller that works perfectly with a thumb. Yeah. And I, as soon as I started playing with that, I'm like, okay, now you can make Word. Like, Word makes sense with that UI. So there could be a Metro Word. Mm. I think it would be challenging to make a Metro Excel. Because the cells are so small, so much about the way a spreadsheet works is mouse-centric. Yeah. It would be very challenging to make a good spreadsheet that was finger-centric. You well, can change the word Windows 7 to Windows 8 to 8.1. It's still mouse-driven operating system. Right. You know, in the future, hopefully more things will creep into the, the operating system itself well, to move it forward to, to something. we got to say, you know, according to rumor, and Paul Farad is really the only source of this rumor, there's, uh, you know, leaking information about the next version of Windows where they're sort of uh, going back to the old-time, old-timey uh, desktop mode and start menu and all that stuff and with, with Metro apps side uh, in desktop mode. And, uh, yeah, sorry about all that stuff, kind of. You know, I, I don't know. And it's know. just we'll a rumor. It's just a rumor, but uh, and it could be completely bogus. Uh, we don't know. Well, we'll see as uh, Steve Ballmer is on his final days, right? Yeah. So the night, the new guy that will come in will will come and say like, "No, we need to push hard to keep going." Or he's gonna say like, "You guys were out of your mind. Let's go back to what yeah. we were doing." Right? We don't know. We don't know who's uh, who's going to. We want Richard to be the new CEO. So yeah. I agree. Richard Campbell well, for thank CEO. You. Yeah. <laughs> Not, I don't hate myself near enough to make that job work. <laughs> Audience is not quite sure what to do with that. Yeah, <laughs> me neither. But, you know, irrespective of, of the Windows mode or anything like that, the idea of touch-centric office productivity suite is an interesting thought, just to get there. If possible. I mean, I've seen some really good, you know, like the, uh, the iPads version of PowerPoint, whatever it's called. What is it Keynote. called? Keynote. Keynote. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's so I've, much you can do for PowerPoint specifically for a touch machine. Yeah. But if you take away all of the stuff that you, you know, think PowerPoint needs to have, because, you know, PowerPoint with the ribbon and stuff, there's so much stuff there, and try to squeeze that into a Metro app, there's no way. But you look at what Keynote does, and they completely rethink what, what uh, that kind of app should be. And they, it, 
they pull it off. What is it called? The PowerPoint and DVR or something? They call it DVR, where you can actually uh, see PowerPoint floating in the air in 3D, so you can give your presentation. There was something on it that I saw, like a 60-second video of it, saying that the future will be that you, you will just do projection Reaching in 3D. And grab stuff yeah, and, and wow. getting the graphs and move it here. And while you're talking to people, you're moving with objects in your hand. That's going to be the future of cool. PowerPoint. I like that. That'll be fun. Yeah, I was thinking drug overdose, but okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very Tony Stark to yeah, fly stuff good, around yeah. and grab it and so on. So I'm curious, as we're about out of time here, what device, uh, what's your phone? What do you use? I use a Lumia 1020. Oh, I love okay. the, uh, this phone. The serious camera. Uh, the yeah. serious camera. It's 41 megapixel camera that uses 95% of my battery and everything <laughs> else uses the other 5%. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, and your preferred tablet? My preferred tablet is the... Uh, Windows Phone 8.1 Surface. Surface Pro. That's Surface a Pro? Yeah. Pro 2? Yeah, Pro, Pro 2, yes. Pro yeah. 2, the, late, the latest and greatest with the, with the light-up keyboard. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you're committed. You're, you're an all-Microsoft staff. I'm committed. Stack. I do a lot of work on all the others, the yeah. Android ones and the iOS one for the iPad. We have to because we write a lot of code and we demo yeah. a lot of code. But There must be apps that you like on all these things. Though. I guess it's based on our experience too. Right? 25 years in the industry writing uh, Windows code and all that stuff. So for instance, when somebody comes and says, I want you to write me an app in Windows or Windows Phone, it's for me, it's like, okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. for uh, doing an Objective-C, like, uh, like one second... <laughs> you have to get drunk for yeah. <laughs> hey. okay. fifth of vodka. I can do it. Yeah. Sounds good. There's a lot of rakia involved. When That's <laughs> true. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Lino, thanks very much for talking to us. Lino Tadros, everybody. Give him a big hand.